This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. On this edition of the show, we are going to explore career paths and how the pandemic has shifted things as far as the choices people make about the careers they pursue. When looking into career paths, young people always look towards sustainable paying jobs over passion and interest. It takes more than money and a consistent job to make a career successful. People need to look more towards career paths that are uncommon but still have a wide variety of career growth. The food or FMCG industry provides opportunities to learn from being a waitress, for example, to managing an entire restaurant. At the end of the day, what matters in such industries is being able to provide unforgettable customer service. Not only do you become more prominent in your career, but you also grow within the industry, although you may not be aware. In exploring the topic of an uncommon career path, we are joined at this time by Pascal Sobieski, who is the head of food at Nando's Restaurant. Pascal, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. You are the head of food at the renowned restaurant Nando's. Could you please tell us about what your job entails and how you got to occupy your current position? It's very varied, developing strategies and food plans, understanding macro global trends and seeing what do our guests really need and what are their unmet needs. And so you create concepts all the way through until you launch a product in a restaurant. And your second question was, and how did I get there? Well, it's a long journey. So I'm 48, so you so we'll have a good chuckle about when I run through But basically, a good way to start is to study food science. And then depending which branch of food science you're most interested in, do a little bit of um, business cross-functional management. And then, yeah, that's how it goes to get where I am in a nutshell. Indeed. Thank you very much for that. And just quickly, as far as I'm aware, I was once reliably told that age is just a number, but we'll just scoot past that for a second. The skills that an individual who wants to thrive in the FMCG industry, can you quickly Take us through the skills to have for a successful career. As you know, innovation is a really hard area to crack. And I mean, things are tough to, to launch something different or a little bit new. So I think character-wise, you need to be quite creative, tenacious, persevere, be driven. That is complemented by all the knowledge and the skills that you learn on your journey. And then, yeah, it really depends which area you're interested in. Insightful stuff. Thank you very much for that. Now. When choosing a career, how does one go about making the correlation between having a sustainable job and pursuing another passion or another interest in order to have a successful career? Look, I think there's a bit of being sensible, but what I definitely do not recommend is that you just go for something that you don't have any passion for because it really just everything in in life and everything in the workplace is always hard parts to it. And if you're not passionate or you don't enjoy parts of your job, then it's really shocking life for yourself. So I suggest finding out parts within your workspace that are hard and challenging. So it just makes it bearable and enjoyable at the same time. All right. Um, We're running up to a year of this pandemic being our reality in this country. How does one measure an uncommon career path versus career growth? And to what effect has this pandemic changed that? That is an interesting question. So I think 
you really need to keep abreast of what's happening, not just the common things that we all understand, but technology. Now it's becoming next level with growing food for the planet, pollution, how do we protect planet Earth? I think all the technology um, in the digital space is just going to be really important to understand. So I think that's the best advice is things will change. Try and talk to people and learn about those changes. Indeed. Now, in the interest of those who have an interest in pursuing a career in the food industry, the Department of Home Affairs recently published a list that outlines critical skills that are in short supply in South Africa. Agricultural farm manager and chef being among that list of skills that are in demand. Can you please take us through what opportunities the food industry provides for workers in terms of career growth? We, the logical option is to be in a restaurant environment. But some chefs um, often also consult or work for big food manufacturers. So that's another lens um, on a chef. Then within um, food science, there are some big opportunity areas. And the one is in production. So understanding food safety, production equipment, how do we make food delicious and food safe for consumers putting food out on the shelf? So that's the one area in production, on a production floor, which is a factory in a plant. And there's so many different areas from dairy to meat to ice cream and the list goes on forever. Believe it or not, everything that you eat on the shelves um, is tested for food safety and you have to understand what bacteria, what mold, what yeast, what pathogens can grow in different types of food environments and food products. That's another area. Another area is QA, which is quality assurance. That's a skill on its own where it's linked to a lot of audits, auditing food companies and plants, making sure that all the right processes and procedures are in place. And then there is research and development which is my favorite area. I've played in a couple of the other spaces, but I always gravitate to research and development where you can be quite creative, be innovative, develop new products, new flavors, line extensions. You can look at cost-saving initiatives for food manufacturers. And then you get the agricultural side, which is more about farm side. We talk about farm to fork. So it's more in the beginning stages of process where you understand things like soil, climate, what are the best practices to get the best yield of a crop, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very varied for different personalities as well. That was a very detailed breakdown of the various parts you can follow. And I very much appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, scaling it, Back to the work you've done in the food industry and how you've incorporated that into the work you do for Nando's. What important lessons have Nando's learned in terms of restraining customers while dealing with the initial wave of the pandemic and the continuing journey of us fighting this pandemic? So we've learned along the way, and I think it's just making sure that you understand what your consumers or our guests need and love. Um, what job do we have to do to fulfill those needs? And with regards to Nando's, we understand that convenience is really important. People's lifestyles and habits are even more challenged as they have little time, as they're working from home, as they have different challenges. So if we can conveniently get them really delicious, better for you food that we're proud of, that really solves a consumer need. So I think there's the need for safety where we have amazing protocols in place. 
There's the need for deliciousness always. Why should you ever, life's too short not to eat delicious food. There's a need to boost your immunity and your family's strength with good quality food. And then sometimes you just can't get out the house. So we have different options of getting the food to our consumers or our guests. Absolutely. And in keeping with the theme, can you also take us through how Nando's, as the cultural establishment that it is, offering its food and the connection it has with the South African people? We've developed different products to suit different different needs. We're working on a pipeline now and we want to make sure that people have something to look forward to. We connect with our guests through humor, through quality, through so many touch points, through music, through beautiful design, design in, in restaurants, design on our delivery app. We connect with them online. We understand people's problems and the challenges that we all face as a nation and globally. So we have a deep connection with our guests and we're part of the society altogether. And that's what we pride ourselves on is just being one with the people and really understanding each other. What are the possibilities of an aspiring restaurateur to open and run a successful food outlet, especially with the circumstances of this pandemic and future global pandemics to come? It's very sad. We've seen a lot of local restaurants close because of COVID. But I think within food, for example, if people are are scared to go to restaurants, how do you get food to their home? Or is there a different format of food that you can give them that satisfies them and solves their needs? So within factories and within retail, within FMCG, within restaurants particularly, I think there's always an opportunity. So I think within food, people need to eat. They're looking for value. They're looking for experience. How do you then change your business to, to, to be profitable. I think you can manage the saturation. We've just been in conversation with Pascal Sobieski, the head of food at Nando's Restaurant, talking to us about career paths as well as the ins and outs of the food and FMCG industry here on the COVID report. In continuing our conversation about career paths, we are at this time speaking to Mashatse Kako, a 21-year-old digital media design graduate, here to tell us more about the career path that she chose and why she started pursuing a career in the field of digital media and design. Mashalza, thank you so much for joining us here on The COVID Report. Please start by telling us more about digital media design as a course and about the industry in general. And what initially drew you to this field that made you want to pursue a career in it? Design is a very broad field. It has a lot of categories inside. And when I wanted to do it, I wanted to do something that's very broad, something that's creative, something that's very interesting. For me, it's very interesting and it allows me to do as many things as possible. So it consists of animation, filming and television. It has design studies. It has design research, interaction design, user interface design, user experience design, which is about apps and learning the users. Very insightful stuff. Thank you so much for that. Could you also give us some further insight as to the kind of education you had to put yourself through in order to align yourself properly to pursue a career in digital media design? And also talk me through your family and give us some insight as to the impact they had on your decision to study digital media design. Were they supportive? Did they have any kind of apprehension towards you pursuing this career? 
No, my family has always been very supportive with everything that I've done. From high school, I've been one of the smart students that I was doing sciences. But when I went to varsity, I didn't want to continue with the science degree, not because I didn't like it, because I've always been a creative myself. I've always loved drawing. I've always loved painting. So I wanted to expand more into that. So getting into the field was not very difficult. Getting into the study was not difficult. I got a buzzery. I got accepted to the University of Johannesburg. And I studied from there. But now I'm currently doing my honours. One of the reasons is that I couldn't actually get employment on time. It's a very difficult industry to break into. Yes, the employment rate there is very high, but the industry prefers to hire seniors and intermediate people, not entry level. So I have to actually settle down to find an internship or a grad program, which are closed and they're going to be opening either later in the year or early next year. Most of them are closed, not all of them. I'm still applying, though. Indeed. Uh, best of luck with your continued applications. You have just touched on it, which I think serves as a great segue to my next question. Could you please unpack the ways in which this pandemic has made your pursuit for a career in this field even more difficult? You mentioned that there are certain companies and certain institutions who aren't in a position to steadily higher entry-level designers as they probably would have been able to before the pandemic. So could you please give us some insight as to the ways in which the coronavirus pandemic has made your pursuit of a career in this field even more difficult? I don't think the COVID-19 has made my career field a bit difficult. It's digital. So everything is, has actually made it open a lot of doors. Everything is more digital nowadays. It's just that how the rate of the world is moving. They're looking for more experienced designers. But like I'm saying, as time goes on, because everything is moving digital, doors are going to open up for all of us. I believe that in design, in the digital world, there's space for all of us. It's just that it comes with the timing. COVID-19 did not really affect us. It enhanced our field because everything started moving digitally. So then there was a, a rapid growth of digital people needed in the market, in the industry. So right now is that they don't have the time to come and teach people and try to train a young person like myself. They're looking for something experienced so that they can find the feet on this fast-moving digital world. And then when they found their feet, I think that's when they're going to accommodate all entry levels and everyone else, and then we can all move forward. I don't think the COVID-19 has really impacted us. I think it has actually worked in our favor in a way. So what I'm hearing from you is the COVID-19 pandemic hasn't necessarily hampered your uh, pursuit of a career or anyone's pursuit of a career in this field. What it's instead done is press the fast forward button, so to speak, where because everything is so rapidly migrating towards the digital realm, as you say, putting themselves in a position where they have to depend on experienced designers to come in first before the opportunity is filtered down to entry-level designers. In what ways do you think the industry could have been better equipped for a crisis of this magnitude? And in what ways do entry-level designers such as yourself still keep the faith of being able to land a job? Looking at situations and circumstances where you feel like, just as you said, because of the rapid sort of fast-forward nature of the migration to the digital realm, there seems to be a hierarchy of people getting access to opportunities before other people can. So in terms of keeping entry-level designers motivated and keeping their faith alive in being able to land work, how do you think 
the industry has gone about keeping the entry-level designers on side and keeping them motivated to keep searching for the opportunity until they receive it. I've actually interacted with some lead designers in the industry that are opening up chats where they actually talk to entry-level designers and give them advice on how to enhance their portfolio and how to actually better their chances of getting the actual job. And also there's been some communication from other big companies saying that they're going to take out internships soon. They're going to take out grad programs soon and they're going to make sure that the grad program is at least big enough to accommodate twice as much as they would have accommodated in the past because of this this hunger and growth for digital stuff because the world is actually moving to digital part. So I think that entry-level designers should keep their faith because our time is coming. It's not that it's not coming because everything is moving towards the digital time. There's nothing we are literally losing. All we could do is either we can continue with our studies or freelance or volunteer to do some design work and improve our skills and try to get industry experience. But yes, our time is coming. They should keep the faith because digital is the future. Digital is the future. Now, when choosing a career, one would either be pursuing a passion or an interest in a certain field or looking for a more sustainable and stable job. In your opinion, when does it become tricky to make that choice? And how did that choice manifest itself for you when you decided to pursue this particular career path? At the time when I chose to study the course, I thought it was just interesting. I didn't think it was going to be something very, very big one day, you know. I actually started understanding what I studied after I was done with school. That's when I started understanding the importance of it. In terms of choosing a career path, I think people should choose a career path because they're interested in it and because they have passion for it. You shouldn't just go for any job. And I also recently learned about that because I took the first digital job that I got and I actually got to a point where I didn't really like it and I didn't really enjoy it. And it was just a small portion of what I've studied. So you should choose something that you think you, you are interested in, that you feel that you will love. And you also feel that in 10 years from now, it will still have space in the industry. Don't choose a career path that you know that you love, but it's not going to be there because now you have to go and find something else, you know, or just choose something that's growing, something that's changing, something that's forever going to be there, that you believe is going to be there, but also have the interest and the love for it. Don't just choose it because it's going to be there in 10 years. Indeed. Now, you're currently studying towards an honors degree in digital media design, and we had a discussion with matriculants about how they navigated their studies during the pandemic. Now, in no means and in no way am I trying to compare the experience of a matric learner doing online learning to someone at a tertiary level doing online learning. But could you please unpack your experiences with online learning and the challenge to adapt to the advent of online learning in the face of the unprecedented circumstances of this pandemic. Talk us through how you rose to the challenge, the difficulties that you found and how you overcame those difficulties. I find it much more simpler to do online studying than actually physical classes. And I feel like it saves a lot of time and it saves a lot of money as well, you know, in terms of traveling to school. So UJ made it simpler for us at University of Johannesburg. They gave us data so that we can actually study online. I think online learning allowed me to do other things. Throughout my final year last year, when I was actually doing 
online learning. I actually managed to actually do the online learning and find a job and do something on the side in design. And I actually managed to also do my baking business address. So I would listen to my class while I'm at work and doing the work thing. And later on at night, because they would record it in case you miss it. So later at night, maybe when I'm cooking, I would listen to it as well, listen to my class. So it was simpler. I could actually learn as I do other things. So my schedule was simpler. My schedule would blend with each other. And I actually managed to accomplish other things that I didn't think I would actually accomplish in such a short period of time. Fascinating stuff. Now, for the benefit of those listening right now who might also harbor an interest in pursuing a career in the digital media design industry, could you unpack for us some of the employment opportunities that are available for graduates like yourself in the digital media design field and also give us some insight as to where you see yourself in the digital media design space once you have completed your study. Let me start with what I see myself in a few years from now is that I want to be a design lead somewhere. I think I should get ample experience before I actually start my own business because the digital world is a very broad world. We work with developers, we work with engineers, we work with content writers. So I need to learn a little bit about all of those fields before I can start my own business. So if I get to a point where I'm appointed in a company, a design lead, I think that's how I want to see myself in the next coming years. Then from there, when I have all the necessary experience and understanding the industry to the core, then that's when I believe I can start my own business. And advising someone wants to pursue a career that I'm pursuing, I would say go for it. It's a very good field. It's broad. We've been told in our years of studying that it has 20 different fields that you can choose from. You know, you can either go onto the film and animation side, or you can go to the interaction side where you can work with banks, analyze users, or you can go be an interior designer, or you can go do information architecture, or you can just go and be a content writer or a UX writer. It has a lot of things someone can choose from. And a lot of different flavors of cake, I think there will be that one flavor of cake that will be your favorite. Indeed. And to that end, in concluding our discussion if you had any any bits of advice that you would like to take the opportunity to impart to anyone who may be listening right now, who, like I said, may harbor an interest in pursuing a career in the digital media design space and anyone who perhaps is studying digital media design in the future or currently studying towards this degree. Okay, my advice to everyone would be that they should work hard and stay true to themselves and be flexible. Design requires people to be flexible and you must have a learning mindset. You must always be willing to learn because there's always something in the digital world that just emerges and you must always be up to date with everything. You must like the trend. So if you enjoy what you do in digital media design, I think that's the best sign and best advice to yourself that you can stay into the field. And because it's a very broad field, if you think that the taste of animation and film is not your thing, you can always move to the interaction side and see if it's your thing. But eventually you will find your feet. And it's a very difficult field to find your feet in because it is so broad and it's overwhelming when you have to choose. But just just stay true to yourself. Do what you love. Have your own style. Develop your own style. Be confident with what you do. And work hard. Be flexible, like I said. Then I think you'll be resilient and you'll stay long enough in the digital media space. Fantastic, insightful stuff here on the COVID report. We have just been joined by Ms. Makate Kako, a 21-year-old digital media design graduate currently pursuing further education in that field. She is currently studying towards an honors degree in digital media design, talking to us 
here on the COVID report about the choices she made as far as her choice of career path and everything that went into the decision that she made. Benefit of those listening uh, right now who might also harbor an interest in pursuing a career in the digital media space. I do think that was a very important discussion to have. Mike thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID report. Thank you for the valuable insight you have given us into your career path and the best of luck with all of your endeavors. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've just been in conversation with Mashatsi Kako, 21-year-old digital media design graduate, currently pursuing further education in a digital media design honors degree here on the COVID report. She talked us through the choices that were presented to her as far as her pursuit of a career in digital media design. We also spoke to Pascal Sobieski, who is the head of food and Nando's, who helped us kick off this discussion about career paths and how the pandemic has facilitated necessary shifts in the choices we make as far as the careers we choose to pursue. I basically provide financial insights for the sales team. I do sales projections, pro budget and planning on cross to net investment, make sure that our investments are profitable. The reason why I feel like it's like replaceable within 10 years is because we just need a computer science person and an econometrics person to just have a formula in which they technically put all the numbers that I input to get a value that I give to my team and like how much should you invest to get this amount of return, the projection of sales data to come and for me to validate activities having happened and me to provide insight to management on like how sales are performing, what's uh, causing an increase or a decrease and how I project how we will perform in the next few years or yeah, so basically it's things that computers can really do. Maybe someone would argue hey, you'll need like human interaction to work with the computer, but like I believe that 70% of what I do can be replaced by tech. Hi, my name is Kansani. I'm doing a BA degree in dramatic arts and the reason why I chose to do this degree is because I'm an entertainer. I love entertaining people and I feel like alive and whole when doing this degree because I was doing another degree in 2019 and uh, if you look at me back then and now you like see something has totally and definitely changed. So yeah, that is the reason why I do uh, this degree. And no, I don't think doing a degree in BA drama in the next 10 years will be relevant, but storytelling will be relevant as it is today because that's day-to-day lives like watching soapies anything in the arts actually you see watching soapies listening to music all those things so i don't think getting a degree in arts would be relevant but the actual thing in itself will be though okay so i am a master's student in economics I got into economics because I wanted a career that was people-orientated and that allowed me to impact on people's lives in a positive way. 
And for me, economics was that space, particularly if you're looking at things like economic research and policy making. Now, economics has been relevant for thousands of years and will continue to be relevant because if you look at the spaces that I just mentioned, those are spaces that really require human intervention and cannot be left to artificial intelligence to sort of dictate. So that's why economics will continue to be relevant 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and definitely 100 years from now. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or stream by www.vafm.co.za.